Uh, no, I wanted to say that what I got out of this episode is, and you probably didn't even think about this, but as a golfer, don't forget to clean your balls. Interstitial week, a bit of a special-ish kind of podcast. Not special in the good way, special in the bad way. Um, so what we've been able to do slash had to do is we've had to, due to scheduling issues and things of that nature, change up the night that we're going to be recording. So for all of you guys who wrote in these awesome community questions, those will be airing on the next episode of the Loot Bros Podcast. We will be recording instead of on a typical what used to be a friday night then moved to saturday nights now we're moving to thursday nights which is uh hopefully going to free us all up a little bit better and allow us to a little more time on the edits typically we record on a saturday night a episode of the podcast might run three or four hours uh, some of that is cut out of the show some of that's just us hanging out and talking as friends before and after um, some of it's talking shop talking business all those things but then what typically happens is i have to edit the show on Sunday, uh, which you know can take some time, and then you do all of the rendering and all of the you do the YouTube rip and all that stuff. It typically eats up a large chunk of the day. And now that I have changed professions, and sometimes I'm doing some work on Sundays. This past week, we had family in town, um, things of that nature. It makes it a lot more difficult to only have like that one day. So what we've decided to do, we've decided to kick back uh, the night we record in hopes that it's better for everyone to be there and it's better for everyone to spend time with their families and hopefully to give us more time to edit. So what I wanted to do is I wanted to get on here, give you guys the backlog beat down, give you guys the leaderboards, just a little update on a handful of things. And then I'm going to stitch in uh, another one of our Super Loot Bros episodes. These are available exclusively on the Patreon. And typically our goal is to keep them there for at least a year. Uh, so that, you know, by now, if you're a patron, you would have had time to listen to these things. And every so often, whether it's out of necessity, like we need the episode, or if it's uh, something special, I will rip a episode from the Patreon and kind of put it out there to the public because the audience that listens to the show every week is way bigger than the audience that, that subscribes to the Patreon. So it's kind of a two for one, two birds with one stone. It gives us an opportunity to say, hey, this is what we're doing over here. And also, um, you know, give us the opportunity to make changes and record on different nights. So we will be recording in just a few nights and we'll be jumping into those great community questions and all that jazz. So I don't want to touch that here. What I do want to do is I want to toast. We've got our Patreon producers for the month. MZ Nitro. My name is Effing Mayo and Sadik. I want to give a shout out to you guys. Thank you so much for supporting us on the Patreon. And thanks to everyone else who's supporting us on Patreon. We really appreciate you guys. We've got some great uh, deep dives and review stuff coming up on the Patreon this month. Uh, shout out to Joe for knocking out some of those Patreon pledges. Uh, speaking of Patreon, if you want to get in on it, you will be able to do that for just a dollar. Uh, we do a at least bare minimum one episode of the Super Loot Bros each and every month. 
Super Loot Bros podcast is just essentially more topical. Sometimes it's more a game review based, but it's it's like, you know, instead of going through the whole rigmarole of the show, and the show isn't necessarily, you know, focused on like a news item, right? Right here on the Loot Bros podcast, we don't want to beat you over the head like every other gaming podcast with, oh, here's the latest news. Oh, uh, here's this article from Kotaku. IGN said this. Now, that's not really our thing. Every now and again, we might bring something like that up and we might have a conversation about it because it's something that interests us. But for the most part, that's not our shtick. So we like to talk games, whether it's new games, old games, in-between games, all of those things. So you know, that being said, the Super Loot Bros gives us the opportunity to spend an hour to dive into something specific. Um, this particular Super Loot Bros that I'm going to attach to, the, uh, to this episode kind of falls in line with you know, what we're doing right now with this, uh, with this game club kind of thing. And this is uh, something similar that we did on the Super Loot Bros that we were really super excited about and everyone got to talk about a game. And it's really cool. So that being said, I want to jump into what I've been playing this past week, give you guys just a little glimpse into what I've been taking away at. I did promise one of our uh, patrons and good friends of the show, Redbeard Rick, I would tell a story on a haul that I made. Give a shout out to Jared, one of the friends of the show and longtime patron. Um, for entertaining my my messages, <laughs> I send him a lot of stuff about Vita stuff, and anytime I, I get a a cool game or a, or a decent haul or whatever, I, that's like the one of the only people that I know that really cares about the Vita like I do. So I want to give a shout out for that one because that's what I'm talking about. So with that being said, I'm gonna crack this open, toasting it up. Thank you guys so much for supporting us on Patreon. Um, so. I've been playing the Vita. Shocker, I know, right? So I actually picked up a really sweet haul of Vita games. And a one of my grail items, one of the... Uh, it's the Japanese import blue-backed um, PS Vita. This thing is in pristine condition. The, it just feels like it just came out of the box. It feels brand new. Like The buttons feel great. Um, the barcode at the bottom is not worn out and it is just so so freaking cool got some awesome games got a lot of japanese import games but i'll get in that in a minute so uh because of me picking up this haul i was really 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 like man you know what i've been playing vita casually like a little bit here and there but i really just got this try this like it like reinvigorated my love for the vita i was like i want to just beat uh, knock out a couple more vita games so I jumped into Lego Marvel Avengers and I kind of wanted to talk about that a little bit on this, you know, little interstitial episode of the podcast because like the game itself is like Lego in general suffers from like highs and lows for me. Like like I really like Lego games sometimes and I really hate Lego games sometimes and they 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 occupy this really weird space for me where it's like Lego games seem like they're marketed towards young people, children, things of that nature. But then when you play them, sometimes there's like brain breaking like puzzles or it's like, I don't really know what you're trying to do. I don't really know what you want me to do here. And then sometimes it's like, oh, well, duh, I can't believe I just missed that. So I've never played a video, a, a Lego video game where I didn't have at least one of those moments where I'm like, oh, wait, what are they trying to get me to do? Which is fine. I mean, that's that's fine. It keeps keeps you from falling asleep at the wheel. 
The thing that's really frustrating, though, is it's like you'll be having a lot of fun and then they'll throw something in there like that's just completely not fun, you know, and like I I enjoy this, the button mashing of a Lego game, breaking things, collecting the little Lego coins or bit brick connector things, whatever you want to call them. Uh, I don't mind necessarily going back and replaying levels and unlocking characters and things of that nature. Like in typically the Lego games that I've played, I've enjoyed the IP. So it's like, yeah, sure. I wouldn't mind going back through and, and plat, uh, uh, and, and unlocking Wolverine and then digging up all the little, you know, piles of dirt to find the collectibles, whatever that, that's just fine with me. I've beaten several Lego games and, and typically I've stayed, excuse me, in the Marvel, you know, kind of brand i've done some of the dc stuff but i feel like the dc lego games don't really connect with me as much as the marvel ones do i think the marvel ones have been better games um the dc ones dc villains is pretty good um mar uh batman lego batman 3 i didn't like i didn't care for that much um and then lego batman 1 and 2 i played with my my kids when they were younger and we quite enjoyed those but some of the suits, some of the power-ups, and some of the things they want you to do, I, I actually found quite annoying compared to Lego Marvel, which I thought was the best Lego game I've played so far. I actually platinum that one on the Vita. I beat it on PS3 or 4. Uh, and then Lego Avengers, which is what I've been playing recently, and which is a decent game. So um, I'm, I've played some of the Star Wars ones. I've played Indiana Jones. I've played, actually, um, Lego Jurassic Park is really good. That's the one I'm going to go to next. I want to finish that one up. Uh, but but so far the games are I've played some of the Lego Harry Potter as well so um, played that with my daughter but so far the games are cute they're fun they, they the combat's good I kind of wish there was a little bit more um, the combat was just a like it's almost great like it just needs to go a little farther give me a little bit more of like a platinum style you know like combo system or just something that's just a little more free flowing that, that like. I, I I enjoy it, you know. It's uh, I don't mind sitting there and hammering the the attack button over and over again and breaking stuff. I think that's fun. Uh, the open world aspect of it's pretty good. I preferred the Lego Marvel uh, Vita game, just the actual Lego Marvel, because it was more of a uh, top down side scroll, almost like a top angled isometric side scroller. I thought that was really cool, and it had instead of having like a hub world that you go to. You went into your missions. I felt like that one was a little more streamlined and worked really well on the handheld. Um, but the open world aspect and making a, a Vita game work like they do, I mean, that's it's great too. Like I'm not, I'm not complaining. I think it's it's overall really well done. The production value is great as well. I will say that like I wish that there's just certain parts that like it's like it slows you down for for no real good reason, um, but. Overall, Lego Marvel Avengers has been a pretty good game, pretty enjoyable. And the way that they kind of do the the cheeky, you know, Lego humor retelling of the story or, or whatever, it's all it's all good. It's 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 enjoyable. So if you're looking for a decent Lego game, I recommend that one. I definitely recommend it on the Vita. Um I think that Lego games play pretty well on the Vita. I would dare to say best on the Vita. Only because you know, you can chip away at it, knock it out, you know, put it in suspend mode, put it down, come back to it, and it's pretty it's a pretty good place for those games. So I know in our in our uh, Loot Bros audience, especially uh co host or excuse me, the host of the Trophy Horse, Tricky Mate, he loves his V I mean his uh, Lego games. Lego games are fun, and I think they have a place, and I like the fact that there's so many of them on the Vita because it gives me a nice chunk of games to run through. Uh even though they're not without their faults. 
I've been enjoying that one. And I beat the game, and it, it did something kind of weird. It, it like you had like the Ultron fight, and you and it just like it ends. And it's like okay, you've unlocked it. You've beat the campaign mode. You've you know you. I got like one trophy for beating the campaign mode, and it was like outside of that, it was like yeah. Um, now go into the open world and do all the other stuff. And I'm like, wait a minute, I didn't get like chapter trophies. I didn't get like set piece trophies. I did. I, I got beat. I got beat the game, and that was it. And I was like, wow, that was kind of kind of wimpy. So now I got to sit there and chip away and dig at it, which again I don't mind. Now for me, especially right now, uh, being in car line for almost two hours a day. Like be I a lot I have to take a lot of calls and I have a lot of customers reach out to me which is fine but being in car line for almost two hours a day that's definitely going to be my Vita time because you know I'm just sitting there waiting on people to let me pick my kids up so that being said let me get into the the reason why I jumped into the uh, Lego Vita I mean like yeah Lego game on the Vita sorry guys I I gotta say I'm sitting here recording with my eyes closed um, I know that doesn't shouldn't uh hurt the way you talk but i'm fighting a, an awful awful migraine and they typically don't keep me from uh, functioning too bad but this morning uh it is not a pretty one not a good one so uh that being said my haul so i have been on the lookout for the aqua blue gamestop exclusive i think it was gamestop exclusive you guys can correct me if i'm wrong but i knew gamestop sold the aqua blue vita and they've been very expensive. eBay prices anywhere from two hundred fifty. I've seen them up to four hundred, five hundred dollars if they're still brand new in the box. Um, Vitas have gotten crazy expensive, and they're they're super expensive on Amazon. And when the Vita was kind of essentially taken out to pasture and put down, uh, the the secondhand market just skyrocketed, and the game prices have doubled. Um, in some cases, tripled. I think uh, Persona. Last time I looked at Persona Four Golden, it was like a hundred dollars on on uh, eBay. And so it's been uh, it's been I've been on the prowl, on the lookout, and I ha- I own six Vitas currently. Uh, two of the fat white ones, two of the fat black ones, uh, one slim black one, and now the slim blue and black, uh, which is my Japanese import. Now I have sold a few of them over the years, or traded them for various other things. No, but typically I don't move my Vita stuff too much. I, I think I might have sold one Vita actually, if I'm being honest. I think I only sold one. But that being said, I don't typically move my Vita stuff around. I've really loved that console. That handheld has been mine's my favorite handheld of all time, and it's one of my favorite places to play games. Even still, I just I just love it. I adore it. I think it is awesome. I think it, I think we need one a number two so bad. Adding the extra triggers on the back, something. In in the vein of the Switch, the Switch is a pretty it's a pretty good console as well. Um, but something with the you know the PlayStation feel, look and feel and 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 that that ecosystem. So I uh, I, I purchased an Xbox 360. Um, not 360 Xbox One, Xbox One, the big fat original one. I purchased it. I don't know a couple years ago. A year and ago, year ago, year and a half ago, something like that. I told you guys on the show. I put an Xbox One in my office with my old job. And then when the kids would come in there, they would play Xbox. And that was kind of like, you know, something I put in there to keep them occupied. And, uh, while we had to sit in the office for a couple hours, um, that being said, I had, it came with uh, about five or so games, uh, on marketplace. I picked up another five games for about $30, you know, and it kind of interchanged one or two of those. 
Uh, all in all, a total, I, I paid 40 bucks for the Xbox with games, and then I paid $30 for the other stack of games. Now, that puts me at having an Xbox One with 10 games, okay, for $70, $75. I don't know. I don't even, I don't even know. $70. Bucks. We'll say $70. Um, so I'm, you know, I'm always on Marketplace, and I'm always on these places asking, hey, man, you guys, uh, you got something for sale? Would you, are you interested in trades? I've got extra game consoles. And a lot of times with the resale market and just the value of these consoles changing, you can get more buying power by trading a console for something or trading games for a console than you can by just outright selling it. Like right now, the Xbox Ones are not worth that much. You know, the Xbox Series S and X are out. The Series S is already selling on the secondhand market for less than it, than the retail value, which is not the case with like the PlayStation 5. But also, you can play all your Xbox One games on the new Xbox. And realistically, if we're being honest, no one's even playing their games physically or buying their games on Xbox. They're all playing on Game Pass. So Game Pass has essentially, in my opinion devalued the secondhand market a little bit harder than the competitors like a secondhand playstation 4 still goes for way more than any xbox like i'm I'm seeing them still listed daily for 200 dollars. the trade-in credit alone for an xbox one was 75 dollars at gamestop whereas the uh, the ps4 base model we're talking base model on both of them base model was 125 dollars trade-in and then if you get a, a one terabyte version of either, it then goes up to a hundred bucks for Xbox and then two hundred or almost two hundred, one seventy five, something like that, for the PS4. Now those were the last values the last time I was in the store. I mean we're talking less than four weeks ago. So anytime I'm in there and I'm looking at games, I always ask kind of what these things are trading in for. Or you know, it used to be you could look them up on the app pretty simply, but now it gets a little little difficult and I don't even think I have their app anymore. But that being said, I'm always inquiring, right? So the used trade-in value for this Xbox would have been $75, right? I paid 40 bucks for it, uh, which I got a really good deal on. So I'm on Marketplace. I see someone post a Vita with five games, and I'm like, hey, were you open to trades for consoles? And they're like, what, what are you offering? I was like, I got an Xbox One with games. What games? And then I send a picture of just five of the games out of that stack of 10 that I was talking about, one of which was Call of Duty Modern Warfare still in the wrapper. Um, so, you know, four games plus that Call of Duty, and then they're like sold. And I'm in my head, I'm like, yeah, I know. This is never going to work out. And it took two weeks to get to finally meet up with this person. But sure enough, I show them the Xbox. I give them the games. They're super excited. They give me the Vita. They hand me the Japanese import version of Minecraft with the physical cart, which is huge because the North American version only had the digital code in it. So I have a case on my shelf for Minecraft with a used digital code in it. Now I have the Japanese version with the physical cart. I got another copy of Call of Duty Black Ops. I got another copy of uh, God Eater 2, which I already owned. I got a uh, physical, uh, the Japanese import version of Need for Speed Most Wanted. I got uh, Sonic Transform, Sonic, was it Sonic Racing Transformed or something like that? Anyway, Sonic Racing on the Vita. And there's one more. I got, I don't even remember. Anyway, it was, there was another game. It, was, it ended up being six Vita games total because he had five cases, but one case had two games in it. And one of those games that did not have a case was Sonic. So, 
At the end of the day, I, I had about a 40, maybe if you want to count 40, you know, one of those games from the $30 pile that I'd you know, swapped out with it, you know, $40, $45 total investment in, in the trade deal. And I got this amazing PS Vita with a, and it even came with the memory card and the memory card adapter if you wanted to mod it. I haven't modded any of my Vitas. So, uh, but it was cool. It was cool. I got these games. I got the Vita. It was in pristine condition. It is by far in the best shape of any Vita I own. Uh, my main would be my Slim. I love my PS Vita Slim, but I, I use it all the time. So the barcode's completely worn out on it. Um, it's got it's got some visible wear and tear and scratches because I keep it in this little sleeve or I keep it in this hard shell case. But I throw it in my my work bag. Like today, I'm gonna throw it in my work bag, and I'm gonna head you know when I head out to get the kids at car line, I'm gonna be sitting there chipping away breaking some Lego blocks. So that being said, I said I would share on the story I, on on this podcast. I didn't share it in the um, in the Facebook group. I was just kind of playing around, being being a bit of a troll, uh, just about everything. So either way, it was it was a great deal. I'm super super excited, and I am invigorated, just ready to play more Vita and more, jump back into it. So super super thrilled to have that. So if you're listening to the show and you got any PS Vita stuff you want to you know sell or trade, holler at your boy. I'm all about it. So. That being said, I want to put a plug one more time in for the Patreon. I want to give you guys uh, just kind of a big rundown on the um, I say a big rundown, a brief rundown on the uh, the current um, game club we're doing on Patreon. The next episode we we get together and record maybe maybe one more. Now that we moved the dates, we might have one more week. Either way, we're going to be doing Dead Space. Dead Space is going to be the uh, the big push you know for this this first um game club and then we're going to be jumping into uh whatever the patrons vote on so if you want to vote on the next game that we do for the community game club you got to get in on patreon you can vote for as little as one dollar and uh out of the games that we have listed gears of war and ghost of tsushima are tied for the most votes so we are uh currently in between uh, Gears of War, Ghost of Tsushima. Now, here's the games that are on the list. What we did was we picked games. Every co-host, every host of Lubras podcast, picked a game and submitted it to the list that was either is currently or has been on PlayStation Plus, uh, PlayStation Now, or Premium, which which is what we call it now, um, or Game Pass or Games with Gold. So we've got Hitman, Death Door, Shredder's Revenge, Guardians of the Galaxy, Days Gone. Ghost of Tsushima, Bug Snacks, Halo 4, Death Stranding, and Gears of War. Right now, Gears of War and Ghost of Tsushima are tied with 29% of the votes each. Death Stranding is and Death Store are tied with 14. And Hitman, excuse me, three-way tie, 14, 14, 14. So we've got Hitman, Death Store, Ghost of Tsushima, Death Stranding, and Gears of War are all kind of what has been voted on. If you want to get in there and sway that, you want to pick Gears, you want to pick Ghost, or you want to go in there and just kill the whole thing and, and vote on something else, jump in, get involved on the Patreon. You can vote for as little as $1. We gave every tier voting privileges, and we would love for you guys to participate and you know be a part of that. So that being said, we're going to head on into the leaderboards, and the we're going to go to the Loot Bros uh, True Trophies leaderboard. Um. First place, we've got the Grounded Gamer with 180 
trophies. Uh, last thing he played was My Name is May of the Third. Congratulations. That would be the game of the year. Um, second place, we got I'm Styling Your Bro with 127 trophies. Uh, working on some Train Sim World 2. Uh, third place, Mr. TMNT84 with 121 trophies. Playing some Monopoly Madness. Good job, Joe. That's a big week for you. That's a lot. Fourth place, we got Matt spelled uh, Mr. Matt spelled backwards with 47 trophies, playing some uh, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. And then in fifth place, we have the Affectatious Daunt with 36 trophies, uh, playing We Are OFK. I don't know what that, that game is, but I'm pretty sure it's awesome. So that would be our true trophies leaderboards. Those are good weeks, guys. 180, 127, 121. Those are big trophy scores. About time you guys you guys woke up and put in some work, man. That's awesome. So heading over to the true achievements leaderboards, it's another, it's another big week. We got uh I'm styling on your bro with 3,880 achievement points. Um last trophy was in Tony and Clyde. Or achievement, rather. Uh, second place, we got Sadik with uh, 2,177. Uh, last achievement point would be in Ultimate Marvel vs. Capcom 3. Good job. That's a great game. Um, third place, uh, Sony Pony 2 with 1,250 achievement points. The last uh, achievement was best mo- is in the best month ever. Never heard of that game either. Fourth place, we got GDI Master Ace with 728 achievement points, playing some Generation Zero. And fifth place, we have Parcival, 25, 28, with 175 achievement points, and he's playing some Evil Within 2. Good job, Levi. I hope you enjoy it. Uh, Evil Within 2 is one of those games that I have not gotten to, but looks amazing. I want to give another shout-out on here. We're going to go to number six with Dump Liquor. Dump Liquor hasn't been on a long time. 65 achievement points, playing some Saints Row 2. Shout-out to my boy, Dump Liquor. That's awesome. All right. Backlog Beatdown. Our latest updates. I'm signing on your bro with 129 points. He is pulling away from everybody. We started to get close, and he's, he's pulling away. Um, CJ, 89 points. Uh, Diego, 82 points. Resident Daryl, 79. Red Beer Rick, 73. Gareth, 55. Uh, Joe Priestley, shout out to Joe, 55. JT with 50. Yield with 30. Jared with 29. Alex with 23. MZ with 22. James Nerd with 21. Zach Ledford with 21. Kali with 20. Sadik with 20. Noah the Builder with 19. Noah the Builder put in some put in some work. He beat Monster Hunter and he beat Sonic on this past this past week. So that was really good. Uh Homer with 15. No, excuse me, Tricky with 15. Homer with nine. Corey with nine. Corey's just not claiming his, but he's definitely beating games. Dino Killer with eight. Spider Packs with eight. BYU with six. Uh Jim with five. John Michael with four. T Bear with four. James with three. And then Levi with two. So that is our backlog beatdown. Those are our updates. That's everything we got going on right now with the community. We would love to have you guys jump in, be a part of the Patreon, uh, write in for the community questions, all that good stuff. What I'm going to do here is I'm going to stop this. I'm going to add the uh, episode that we recorded about a year ago on Patreon. Um, This one features me, my uh, Kalai, uh, CJ, 
uh, and Zach. And it was a good conversation. It was a fun conversation. So these are the kind of things that we're putting up on Patreon. Uh, some of you out there are like, yeah, I don't really do Patreon. Uh, it's really simple, guys. Like I said, you can get in for an extra dollar a month, and then you can get the Super Loot Burst podcast, plus you get all the extra stuff we do. So like already this month, I've done two um, Loot Bros comic cast reviews. So I've been doing like a special review series over there and they're short, you know, 20 minutes or so. Um, but like I've been adding extra content in there just for patrons. So definitely jump in or you can, you know, I'll eventually, I, I put them in, in their own separate feed, you know, under Loot Bros comic cast. So like, yeah, sure. You can get them free somewhere else if you don't want to be a part of the Patreon, but the patrons get everything we do extra early and you don't have to subscribe to multiple feeds. Now, when you log in and you subscribe to Patreon, you can plug your RSS feed into your favorite podcast catcher and you're good from there. So you don't have to have multiple apps. So just kind of want to throw that out there. You guys, I appreciate everything you do for this community. I appreciate you all being a part of this community. This has been the Loot Bros podcast, section one, part one, whatever you want to call it. And stay tuned for the rest of the episode. Thanks, guys. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Super Loot Bros Podcast. That's right. This is the second Patreon-exclusive candid conversation with the Loot Bros. We got a full panel tonight. We got a big group. This is awesome. Tonight with me, I got the T-Bird. Yo. We got CJ. Hey, guys. And Kalai. Ah, yeah, yeah. We got Kalai. What up, everybody? And we got the Gronk. Hey, y'all. <laughs> Hey, y'all play football now. <laughs> so, awesome, Zach. It's good to have you. Clyde's good to have you back. Uh, CJ, Tanner, you know, it's always a pleasure. Glad you guys all made it. Tonight on the special Super Loot Bros podcast, we are going to do a gaming book club. So tonight what we're going to do is everyone is going to go around the table and they are, have all picked out a game that they enjoyed, something they've played. Uh, and we're just going to kind of go around and talk about it. We're going to have a nice, fun, four-hour conversation about video games. And the idea around this was to kind of stray away from something that we talk about you know, regularly on the show. So, for example, you will not hear me talk about Resident Evil or Dying Light or Max Payne 3 or you know, any Rattalaika games, you know, unfortunately, because that's really all I wanted to talk about tonight. And I'm out. all cj's favorites are gone (laughs) so all all that rat trash you mean there's other things other than rattalika on the store come on you know i'm having trouble finding anything that's not rattalika or east asia soft so Mm. i must be in the wrong part of the store Mm -hmm. so with that being said thank you to all the patrons if you listen to this you are a patron we really appreciate all the support it was a great first month I think we uh, had a good time. We put out some really good content. And so far, we've gotten a lot of positive response. So far, everyone who has subscribed has either said, hey, this is really great. I appreciate it. Or they didn't say anything at all, which is basically saying, hey, this is great. I appreciate it. 
<laughs> Sound logic. Exactly. <laughs> All right. So uh, I was going to pick a victim to go first, but I figured what I would do is give the option. Do we have a volunteer to go first? I mean, so, I'll go first. I'll go first because mine's only short, if you like. Oh, uh, so that answered your question from the pre-show <laughs> there, Clyde. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <it's> not- <laughs> <laughs> hang on, hang on, hang on. Sorry, CJ, before you go any farther, <laughs> we got a toast. <laughs> oh, I that's what was I forgot. Was, that's I, the second time. I, know, I was very confused about something. I was like, something's not right. And I couldn't. Something's, it's this new show. It's this, it's this cut the fat, you know, don't do the whole work your way into it, see how everybody's doing. It's just the whole, like, oh, we got to, you know, we're going to try to keep it short and sweet. And then I just forget the toast. That's two, two for two. I'll see if I remember next time. All right. This toast is going to go out to our patrons. It's going to go out to Gamescom. So CJ uh, got together with some uh, some listeners and some friends of the show and covered you know Gamescom for this coming week's Loot Bros podcast. And I think we can all come together and unite under this common cause and pour one out for our friends at Volition for the <laughs> new Saints Row. <laughs> Dang. Slurp, slurp, slurp. Tell me, man, because I don't have fingernails. T- Tanner, you put as much effort into that as Volition did into their current new game. <laughs> Big L. So I've reached out. I've reached out to Jeff Hanna multiple times about being on the show, and finally I got him to pay me some attention. Good. So hopefully he'll come on here and ins- explain himself. All right, CJ, floor's all yours. Oh, so yeah. So I'll I'll, uh, I'll preface mine with, I don't know how this game plays today uh, because I suppose it was a games with service. So it may, be, it may not be an experience that you necessarily want to engage with, but it's the first game that I put significant time into when I started gaming again on the on the ps4 an early in fact i think it was basically a launch title or within the first few months and it was was broken when i got it <laughs> well i thought it was broken because it's an online game and i couldn't get it to work but it turned out that it wasn't broken everyone else in the world could get it to work but australian internet but eventually so eventually i had to sell the game and then i got it again like six months later and i got it to work and it's funny because usually with a game, if it doesn't work or it doesn't hit me right, I never go back to it. But this one, I was really tempted. And of course, a racing game. And I'm talking here of the Ubisoft, the crew, the original crew, which again, okay. it was definitely it was definitely a game of its time. And I, I know many people, perhaps some of the patrons have played uh, the crew too, which quite a different game in, in many aspects. The original crew was an open world. You, the hook was you could drive from one side of America to the other, of course, the second one is more based on on fast travel than than actually driving. But that was the hook. It was wonderful single player. It was kind of challenging as well. Definitely not all easy. And for for the time, the integration online was very good. Uh, it, it suffered from a few common issues with player versus player events that were done on a, a sort of a separate map and server. And th- this is why I feel it probably not such a great experience now but it's the first time i'd played a, a game that required you know four four people in a party and in the game party as well to do sort of do synchronized movements with cars or go on collectible hunts together or, you know or races together or whatever and i thought it was just it was a really wonderful social experience because you could you could do the story and you know by yourself and you you didn't you know you could listen if you wanted to and then you could come together in a party and you could do all these events and it was you know hundreds of hours i think 150 hour game or, or whatever to to see the majority of stuff there was a ton in there and it was a real a real testament to where 
that series could have gone. Unfortunately, it went a little bit of a different direction. Still good, but but different direction. And it sort of ties into the the current upcoming Writers Republic, which I hope captures some of those elements that I really like from the original crew. But if you're if you're a warrior and you you know you you don't mind potentially a janky servers and and perhaps dated graphics, I I definitely recommend if you're a racing fan to check it out. It's, it's probably the the best sort of open world online racing game we've had uh, to this date across any any system. Now I got a I got a couple questions about that one, CJ. I never played the crew, but I was very into the idea. And yeah. If I remember correctly, that they kind of sold that game as um like you could go anywhere in the United States, yes. like you could go, you could essentially go to your house, which I mean we all learned that you couldn't. Um, but how open was it? I mean, was it pretty good? I mean, was it pretty like I mean, I, I know you don't spend a lot of time driving through the states, but it, did it feel like you had a a decent amount of open world to explore? Yeah, so so to drive around the whole map in the original one was about four and a half to five hours uh, oh, and wow. about two hours side to side. The second one, I think, is like 30 minutes side to side, so it gives you an idea of how they, they really condensed it um, in the second iteration. But it did because, like, I've been to various parts of America and I remember I remember at the time, at the time I was playing uh, Assassin's Creed Unity as well, and, like, I'd been to some of those cathedrals in France or whatever else, and obviously it's set, you know, ages and ages ago, but a lot of those buildings are still there. and. I remember listening to someone talk at the time and they're like, you know, I, I think it was um, oh, somewhere somewhere there in France and they're like, you know, I actually stood in that cathedral and being in the game and, yeah, sure, it's like looks like a game, but it was realistic enough that you sort of get chills and you're like, yeah, I was really there. And I got that experience with certain parts in, in the US as well. And obviously for Americans, you, you've been all around, so you would recognise a lot more things that, you know, I didn't or whatever, but there is enough there definitely to, to feel that you're sort of immersed in the, in the setting. Yeah, it was very cool. That's awesome. That's awesome. That's one that I um I wanted to play, and I, I will eventually. I actually do not own that one, surprisingly enough. Yeah, uh, well, buyer beware. I don't know how it holds up today with, with servers and all all that sort of thing. I got gotcha. you. Now, can you get out of your car at all, or is it strictly you're in your car from start to finish? Yeah, no. Same with the second crew. It's always in the car, and so you don't really ever see your your character. I suppose. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Yeah, that was one, like I said, I wanted to check it out. Did anybody else ever play the crew? I never I wanted to check it out. Yeah, I never played it, but this is one of those games. Racing games are hard for me to play, unless it's like Mario Kart mm-hmm. or something. So, gotcha. I definitely agree on that, and uh, I'm terrible at racing games. Yeah. Uh- I hear that there are some uh, patrons out there who want to see you play some racing games, actually. <laughs> well, see, the advantage, Kali, of an online racing open world game like that, and unfortunately there's been none, I mean, the only other things like that are the Forza Horizon series, is that for, for challenges you can't do, you can actually, if you know people that race, you know, that are, that are decent at you can join up with them and you can, like, they can help you do it. But you can also, the problem with racing is that, that unlike i imagine it's a bit like football the more you know about how to drive a real car on a track or or you watch it and you see lines and things like that the easier the racing games are and so if you don't if you're not interested in that if you get into a game with somebody that you know watches f1 or you know whatever has a passion for nascar or whatever they know about distances they know about speed they know about gear change and you can learn so much from just watching how they drive which i know sounds ridiculous but it, it actually can make, I, well, I don't know, but I would imagine for a non-racing person that's a bit intimidated by some of the challenges, 
to make it a lot easier and actually interesting because it is a real science. It's not just like you hit the apex and you hope that it works, you know, the breaking and everything. It's, it is cool when you get in the flow. Well, I play racing games like I play my fighting games. I mm. button mash and hope something works out. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's how I used to do it too. Hey, I platinum injustice too, but in button mashing. <laughs> well, I do like to race on GTA if that counts. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you sort of you you don't even realize like you you pick it up like a like one of the I remember when I started I used to just hold the accelerator the whole time and you use other cars as bumpers or you know you'd hit the wall and bounce <laughs> off and then you learn about the apex you learn that it is quicker to to deaccelerate accelerate through through the corner and stuff and it, it's cool yeah. It's a lot of, I, I think that genre, I know it's a very specific genre, but I think in some ways it perhaps, and again, I'm sure football and the sport games are the same, but it's very realistic in parts uh, to, to real life, especially the rally games as well, the, the way the cars respond in some of them. It's, it's great. Hmm. Awesome. Awesome. All right. Who wants to go next? I can go next. All right. Do it. I've been going back and forth which game I should talk about, but I've decided. So, way before I had an Xbox 360, I used to play a lot of World of Warcraft. I mean, like, 12 hours a day of World of Warcraft. (laughs) And then I saw in this little game store the most coolest-looking game ever. And that was Fallout 3. And I said, Jim, I need (laughs) that. I need a 360. And Jim was like, I'm not buying you a 360. You're never going to play it. I'm like, I want a 360. It's a Microsoft product. I ain't having a Microsoft product in my house. Mm. Okay, Jim. Smart man. And then I showed him the wonders of Madden, and the next thing you know, I had a 360. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Got him. Yeah. But Fallout 3 will be so memorable for me. Because it took me from playing a game like WoW, where I had a lot of negative and terrible problems, to a single-player experience that had such an open world and let me do so many things. It just blew my mind. I mean, it was it's probably one of my favorite, favorite Fallout games. It's an amazing game. I mean, That's I, actually my favorite game. It, so. Well, like, I... I didn't play open world games a lot back then. I had, a, you know, I played Final Fantasy VII, but I didn't finish it. Uh, you know, I played Final Fantasies again, didn't finish it. So to, to play an experience that would just drove me to continue to play, and the fact that you started as a baby was like mind blowing to me. And I'm very heavy into fantasy. I mean, heavy into fantasy. So Fallout. Three was something I would never ever think about playing because it was that sci-fi post-apocalyptic world and that's the game that threw me into modern gaming so you would say that you went from playing WoW to playing WoW hell yeah (laughs) I remember I remember the first time I played that game I was at uh, your brother's house, Daryl, and yep. I think I'll stay in the weekend. <laughs> I didn't sleep at all that entire weekend <laughs> because uh, he had let me play that game because he had it, and he he didn't play it at all because he just didn't like Fallout. And I loved it. And I stayed up for like three days in a row 
playing that game. Yeah, he did. And I just remember I got <laughs> at the very start of the game, I, I I kept getting trapped at the school in the beginning, just kept getting killed by the Raiders because I didn't know what I was doing. It was awesome. Right? And that whole that whole system, it was just the whole um, VAT system where you could like hone in and just like shoot somebody in the face. Oh my God. Yeah, that was the first game besides Gears of War that had like major gore. And it was awesome. Mm -mm -mm. (laughs) It was awesome. No, not really. The first game actually to have major gore was the Mortal Kombat series. Well, I meant like for me when when I played. Oh, okay. Yeah. When it was released in when it was released on the Nintendo. Like, at one point, they didn't even have the gore. They took a lot of that gore out. Oh, yeah, they, I heard about Nintendo that. nerds. So, it, it's yeah. so funny, Kalei, you, you mentioned, like, you go from the MMO to a game like that because there's so many similarities with Fallout and MMOs. It, like, they take, in some ways, take the best parts of the single-player parts of an MMO and, and just ramp it up in that respect and i think a lot of people that don't play mmos don't understand how much of the time you spend in those games playing by yourself as well they're not they're not always playing with other people even though there's people in the world and it's so funny like whether you gravitate to fallout or assassins or even ghosts that's out now there's this these sort of i don't know like i find it a limiting factor because you know i've played those so i now i want the mmo i want to experience more things but it's interesting to hear you went the other way and i i wonder is that because you were just scared of the time commitment and the time it was sucking up in one game that got you out of it in the end or no it was the, it was the negative people it was the see wow taught me one basic thing that i did not realize i mm. love to play games with other people love it mm-hmm. love it but WoW has such a negative community. It doesn't matter how big of a guild you're in or how small of a guild you're in. First of all, you have to be in a guild. You can't mm. progress in that storyline without being in a guild. Or not even mm. storyline. Um, I'm not even going to say that far. And the guild I was in, I was higher up rank. And we were doing a, uh, like a, a raid. That's what they were called. I was doing a raid. And mm. they wanted to try this boss. And I said, okay, let's go try this boss. Well, the, the guy who owned the guild or whatever was like, don't do that. I'm like, well, why not? He goes, well, you're going to die. Well, that's right. I'm going to die. Everybody wants to do it. Maybe we won't die. And he was like, no, do not do it. Do not run that boss. So I ran the boss because that's what the group wanted to do. If I die, I don't care. As long as we're having fun, I'm going to learn from it. We got kicked out of the guild as soon as we were done that run. Hmm. So well, that's like everything. You've got to find the right the right group of people but but you must admit like the fallout it's basically you, you you've taken the bits you like of the mmo and you've removed the community aspect that you didn't like i suppose yeah games. exactly yeah. exactly like so it's I a like, perfect fit for you yeah plus with fallout you, ha- you can do so much more than in uh, yes wow and if you want to do it in the higher stuff you are playing by yourself and you're just doing the same exact thing over and over again it's just not fun actually Levi had one day Levi said to me, Oh, Kalia, I think I'm going to get wow because I want to experience the, the storyline. I was like, Don't do that. There, there's no storyline in wow. Don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, The other great thing it. about Fallout is they're, they're basically as janky as an MMO as well. So. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, that's not true as long as you played it on 360. 
It wasn't. Oh. Okay. Speaking of 360, that's where I played Fallout 3. And I spent like 30 or 45 minutes trying to figure out how to get out of the vault. Couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. Finally got out of the vault. The first thing I saw killed me. I turned the game off, but I never turned it back on. Uh, so you had a, you had a Josh Craps moment with the uh, Fallout 4? The rope. <laughs> oh, he got stuck in the vault for like two hours in Fallout 4. <laughs> Fallout 4, I... Fallout 4 wasn't that bad, but Fallout 3, dude, I got stuck in there for like 30, 45 minutes. I'm like, how do I get out of here? This sucks. Why do people think this game is good? This is terrible. And then I got out. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. Poof, dead. I'm like, this game sucks. I'm never playing this again. Well, I think it's Fallout 3. I can't remember. I think it's Fallout 3. I could be wrong about this, though. If I am, I'm so sorry. Where you got the achievement for blowing up the nuke. Yeah, that's it. That's Fallout 3. That is it. Yeah. That makes it fantastic. Did, well, you, did you know about that, Daryl? <laughs> no, no. I, all I knew was I didn't like my experience, and I never looked back. Yeah. There's a settlement. There's a settlement in the game that is literally on top of a nuke, and you have the option to just blow the entire thing off the map. And if you do, there's an achievement. Yeah. So, of course, everybody saves the game and blow up the nuke, and then reloaded the game. <laughs> it's awful too, because after you blow up Megaton. Um, yeah, <laughs> you can go back and there's there's one survivor and she turned into a ghoul and she's still <laughs> nice to you after you blow up. You could tell her you blow up the 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 town and she'll still be nice to you. It's ridiculous. <laughs> it makes you sad. Are you telling me there's actually substantial gameplay out after you get through the vault? Like if you go outside? Oh, dude, I yeah. easily put two to three thousand hours into that game. Jeez. Yeah, I, I thought that was just like an hour of I started over for fun. <laughs> that's no, what I no idea. Amazing. Yeah, that, that's, just, that's the type of game I like because the storyline the storyline in Fallout, now notice I didn't say it has a great storyline. The storyline in Fallout is, is good. I couldn't complain about it. The storyline in 4 is good. But the point of these games are to just give you a small enough plot line and that you fill in you know what the beginning and you know what the end is going to be. You know, like in Fallout 4, only because I remember that plot line better, your son's been stolen. You have to go look for your son. Yeah. But, you see, you know, eventually, the end of the game is you, you get your son. Eventually. And I'm sorry, you wow, got spoilers. No, and I, I was going to say, it's the in-between that makes the game. Because you're literally writing your own game. You're, do you do this quest? Do you do that quest? Do you join this faction? Do you join that faction? You know, do you mm-hmm. go out and find the power armor? Do you build your settlement? Do you not build your settlement? That actually got taken for granted, I thought. Building the settlements was actually really fun. I made a really it sick base. <laughs> I loved it. Then again, that's because I always like building stuff. That's why I'm a big fan of like the Halo Forge and Minecraft. <laughs> yeah, I'm terrible at those games. But it was actually funny because in Fallout 3, the, the the roles are reversed. You're looking for your dad. And <laughs> instead... That's instead right. Son, yeah. That's right. And then you gotta destroy the enclave. You played the Fallout games, right? I beat four. I got halfway through three. I don't know why I didn't. I never finished it though, but 
Mods make those games so much better. Mm. They actually <laughs> fix it sometimes. Well, yeah, that's true. But I'd go in the order of like, I think it's Fallout 3, Fallout New Vegas, and then Fallout 4, as far as Bethesda Fallouts go. Well, I haven't played the other ones. Isn't Bethesda. Well, I know Subsidian, but you know what I meant. The newer, the first person Fallouts. As well, as I mean, I, I mean, New Vegas had my had my favorite moment of all times. You you played Vegas? Oh yeah, I played that one just as much as I did three. Do you remember how you had you had to get the key off of the guy? There was one point to get to the machine. You needed to get the key off the main one of the main characters. Uh, was that for one the end of, of the, the game? Yeah, I I did a way to get the house. Yeah, I did to a way different ending. Oh, well, I I went in to talk to the guy, to kill the guy, and I had the option to sleep with him, so I slept with him, and then he went to sleep, so I just killed him, I one-shot him into sleep and took the key I needed. <laughs> I was like, wait, I, I can sleep with him, then kill him? Oh my god. See, what I did was, I tricked Yes Man into being my companion, and he killed the guy, and then I made... <laughs> I ended up... <laughs> Uh, going to the dam, I destroyed the Legion, and then I ended up blowing up the NCR as well, and took over New Vegas myself. <laughs> nice. I kept Mr. House alive. So what you're saying is <clears throat> I should probably play these games? Is that what you're getting at? They're fun, but you do have to sink time into them. I just played them so much, I pretty much remember like a lot <laughs> pretty much everything <laughs> you, you don't play them for the storyline though you literally play them for the gameplay like the ability to do anything you want yeah that's fair i'd agree with Just, that. i don't like, know how much i'm not sure how much appeal they'd have for the five minute warrior these sort of games yeah yeah i'm out <laughs> <laughs> you know you know what i was thinking hearing you talk about like that that i'm there's no way i'm going back to fallout 3 even fallout 4 is a hard sell but I'm really interested in how Fallout 76 must be now that they finally, you know, worked on it over two years Ugh. or three years. And it would be interesting. To, has anyone played it recently? I haven't played it recently, but it's not meant to be an online game. I just can't get into it. I bought it day one. I bought the collector's edition. Yeah, I think it's a different game now, though, to day one. I, I haven't gone back. Different. I wanted the helmet. Sick. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That helm. That's why I got the collector's edition. I only bought the special edition. <laughs> I bought the uh, five dollar bin edition. <laughs> yeah, five dollars really on it. Yeah. I, well, so there was the was the trifecta edition or is it the um, yeah tricentennial? Oh, yeah. tricentennial edition. Yeah, I bought that for five bucks. I mean, brand new, still in the wrapper. Because if somebody wants it, I think I have the Xbox version around here somewhere. I bought a new Xbox. I upgraded my Xbox, and they gave it to me for free. And I was like, "Ah, oh, fuck! What I'm going to do with this?" <laughs> the, the, like funny, the funny thing is, with that '76, uh, they took the um, the Australian Consumer Competitions Board took uh, Bethesda in uh, to to court or whatever in Australia and ruled that that game was false advertising uh, when it came out and they actually refunded for six months. If you bought the game because it sold full price, you could actually go into the store and get a refund 
which is what you did because then you could turn around and buy it back for two dollars. So you'd get all your money back and then only have to give them two dollars and you'd get the wow. game. Dang, not in the Americas. <laughs> Capitalism. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> False advertising. That's the first time in, in my time of gaming that I've seen that. I've seen many bands here, but not at that was crazy. That's amazing. <laughs> all right, who's next? T Bird? Yeah, I'll go. All right. Um, yeah. No, um, no, I'm just playing. Yeah, yeah. All right. Wise words from a wise man. Wise words. No, I was thinking Destiny. That was, uh, I guess you could say that was my kind of my first entry into like a big MMO. I guess that's what they could call it. But that game was, uh, was a lot of fun. I was... That's back when Call of Duty games were just being real trash and nothing was new, like really fresh or new. So pop into this game, end up finding a whole team of people to play with and like what Clyde's saying, get get in a little group, get your little clan or whatever, go do all the cool raids. So now you're talking Destiny One or Destiny Two or I have most, all the above. It kind of goes with both of them. I have more so had more experience with Destiny 1 just because that, that's the one I put the most time into. I'm currently trying to get back into Destiny 2 right now. So that should be a fun one to get back in. Now, I, I bought Destiny and I never played the first one. Does it have a story? Meh. It's an MMO story. <laughs> so I will tell you this much about the story. I have literally played Fall. Uh, uh, I've literally played <laughs> Destiny One three different times. I still to this day cannot tell you what the storyline is. Yeah, it's it's cannon fodder. It, it really is. I because the story in well, also the story in one <laughs> is involving uh, picking up a lot of like collectibles in the game and reading about it. The grimoire cards, or yeah, that, and you would have to go on their website. Or Bundy's website and read about it. Exactly. So I was like, Nobody I'm out. Because <laughs> yeah, in the, if I remember correctly, I haven't played that game since it came out, like Destiny One. And I remember at the very beginning, of, like the opening scene, they're like, the dude who's sitting there lecturing you for like thirty freaking minutes. He won't shut up, but he never actually tells you anything useful. He's like, I could tell you about the. The, the Great War, but that was a long, long time ago. So it doesn't matter, even though it destroyed the world. So I'm like, what is this? And then I remember just chilling at the the hub and looking at this weird robot that sounded like Marcus Phoenix. And that was it. <laughs> I never played it again. Oh, yeah, and I kicked around a soccer ball. I remember you could do Bring that. Bring it! Oh, yeah. We're on a special planet! Forget about Whoa. that. That old Freeze soccer ball. Yeah. Do I do have to say that Destiny's uh, special events for like Christmas and stuff were out of this world? Yeah, they were pretty fun. Literally. <laughs> uh, I see what you did there. See, my problem was I kept getting left behind because I like to observe the, the world and everybody just kept going ahead and I was just left behind and I kept getting killed. So. Yeah, I'll, <laughs> I'll do that to you. It's if you're not if you're not paying attention with your team or like communicating right, they'll you'll always get left behind. 
No, I think he's talking about the whole grinding factor of the game. Like, I got the same thing. My friends were like, oh, we're level 300. And then <laughs> yeah. they would either come in and, like, pull you right through, and you're like, well, I don't get the point of doing that, playing this game. Oh, no, I did that. I, I had that same experience, but, like, it wasn't bad. I got I basically get I we get dragged through enough stuff to get to the light level for the raids and then help help them beat all that crap. Even though I was severely under leveled and outperforming everybody that was higher, but Oh subtle flex legit happened. Like it was like I think it's right at the end of Destiny One when they put that new raid out. I was like probably thirty levels under. But like outperforming several people above me. I played the second, like, so Destiny 2, I played that for a little bit when it first came out because the height was so high from the first Destiny. I was like, okay, I'm going to get in on this next one. And then me and Josh Krabs played like two times, three times, something like that. And then, uh, I remember because I was going to play with y'all. Yeah, and yeah, you like poop socked it one weekend. You're like, I'm already done. Um, but so me and my son actually jumped in and we played for a little while, but I'll be honest, I couldn't really like we would play it and it would be like a week or two later, we play it a week or two later. I couldn't really put together the mission structure, you know. I didn't really understand like uh going from planet to planet. Sometimes you go back to a planet, like I would I just found myself doing the same like uh same crap over and over again, and this is like without actually finishing the main campaign. Yeah, that's and, it's, uh, that's kind of the, that's the kind of the thing was that it's a it's a constant loop and grind you got to do just to be able to afford like certain pieces of gear, get upgrades for that gear for the gear and all that. Then you got to do this. You got to keep playing those missions over and over again to get the higher end gear for stuff like the raids and everything. Or just for random roles you wanted of a certain weapon or armor type. Yeah, I, I, I didn't. I'm not like a gear guy. Like I don't. I can't think of a game that I've played where I've actually enjoyed that aspect of it. Oh, trust me, I the gear stuff I didn't like. Sit there and grind for certain pieces. I got what I got, and I was like, all right, cool. Got to work. That's kind of how I play with the gear. It's not like MMO, yeah, but it's yeah. kind of the same thing. Uh, everything is kind of set with that, though. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I, I, should, I, I, I should know because I had the platinum for that. It is gear light, though. It is like, you know, put on some crap, put on some runes, put on some some bubbly. <laughs> I don't know. I didn't really... I'm not a gear person. Like, I think if it makes your character look cool, that's fun. But, like, the that's whole... That's the thing, like, too. Like, the, the high-end gear... Always looks better than just the kind of, uh, this is the kind of common legendary stuff you can get. But here's this really cool legendary stuff you got to do specific quests for and everything. Yeah. That's never been me, personally. I want to be, I want I want to find a game that, like, I'm into like that. I kind of thought I was going to dig the Avengers, you know? It's like, oh, I like, I'm a big superhero fan. Like, I think this is going to be cool. This is very um, action beat em up, you know? It's not like I'm going to be grinding out for guns that are one tenth of a percent better than the last gun that I had. And then I play the Avengers and it's like, it doesn't do anything. You don't like, I mean, it does do something. It makes your actual levels go up. Therefore you can actually beat the characters you're fighting against, but like, it doesn't change your character. Like you don't see the gear on them. It has like a little, like a, 
I don't know, like it almost like I was like invisible little gear outline shows up in your menu. And it's just, you're just at that point grinding for numbers and it just was dumb. Like, and you just spent so much time in the menus. That's another thing I don't like about like loot driven games is that you spend so much time in the menus, like changing your stuff and like, I got a, oh, I, oh, I got a new helmet. Let me put that on real quick. Oh, I got a new, oh, I don't really like that one. I'm going to put the other one back on, even though it does kind of mid-maxing and all that stuff. I just, I don't know. For the five-minute gamer, it's just. But that, that, whole, that whole gear loop, like it doesn't surprise me tonight that the three, like uh, Kali, myself, and Tanner, we tend to sink, you know, a lot of hours into games, you know, I'm sure Zach does at times too when he has the time, but, you know, we're consistently sinking big amounts of time and th- those the attraction of those games and gear loops are for games that are going to last you hundreds of hours potentially because you play your 40-hour game, like, why do I want to get that cape or that hat? Like, I'm going to be done anyway. It's so much work for, for nothing. And, you know, so you maybe you want it for your character because you're going to have it for hours and hours to come. And then, the other side of it is there's also like a mark of respect in the game, which you probably, you know, wouldn't understand if you didn't play in that you see somebody wearing something and you know how the process, whether it's a skill-based process or a time grind, you know it took them X amount of time to, to learn and maybe you ask them stuff, you know, or they could help you with the game in a way. And it's a lot more than just, you know, what hat you choose to wear, I think, if you really get into these games. And I think that's where the, the attraction comes. But it's a massive time sink to to get to that point, I think. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure in the first Destiny, I had close to 600, maybe 700 hours. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the game, yeah, I, I like, that's what I find, like, I like, I know, Daryl, you're, you're time-constrained and stuff. That will eventually change in 40 years, perhaps, when your kids move <laughs> on. But, but the funny thing is when you're not so time-constrained, it, it's a weird thing because, like, you know, a lot of people play their game, they play one game at a time, and then it ends, and they like, they like the end, like that last five hours. It's really cool because you're overpowered. You're like, you know the game, you know what's happening. Yeah. It's awesome, and it ends. And that's the addiction in an MMO, a good MMO, maybe not like WoW, but like Destiny, Final Fantasy perhaps. Good MMO, that addiction is just drip-fed to you for hours and hours and hours because there never is an end. Is mm-hmm. always more, but you are getting more powerful. It's not like, you know, you just, and that's the clever, you know, of squashing levels or, or raising caps. And it, it's a totally different type of drug. And they've definitely mastered it with subscriptions or uh, DLCs and things. But yeah, it's a, if you're playing like, you know, if, if you like putting in a hundred hours into a game, then I, and you haven't played an MMO, I definitely recommend trying to find, try all three for 10 hours, see which one you like the best and, and get into one because the reward, if you're prepared to spend, that sort of time over years, not over a week or two, it's just going to be out of this world. And it will change your perspective on all games because you really get to learn how other people play, how gear sets really work, how strategy works. Uh, it's just so, so much in all of those games. It's amazing. Yeah, that was, uh, I think that was always my favorite part is like learning all the raid mechanics and everything because mm. everything varies from, obviously everything varies from raid to raid, but one person messes up and everything's, Going to hell. Yes, I have yes, one, no. quest- one question, if I can, Tanner, because mm-hmm. I haven't played much Destiny, or, or I'm more interested in Destiny 2, I suppose. How approachable is it for, like, a new player that's just trying to figure it out? They're not in a guild or they're not running with people. They're just sort of starting and, and trying to find their feet. Is it is no, it manageable or do you need someone to help you? So I haven't played in over a year, and it literally just threw me at the first, like, the new cam- newest campaign. So here's your, just, here's your new starting point, go. 
So it, it should be very fairly easy to get get into. That's all. Now, does it give you like a uh, previously on Destiny Two, and then tell you what happened at this point, or no? Pretty sure it did. I skipped it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I remembered most of the stuff that happened from last last I played, so I was like, I don't really want to watch this recap. <laughs> I'm over here going, guys, I'm all about the stories, man. I want to know what's going on. Here's my window into this game. And Tanner's like, oh, press X to skip. <laughs> Actually, here's the second question, because you laugh about that, but these games have so much text that you only tend to pay attention to the story that's voiced. Does Destiny 2 have a lot of voiced uh, dialogue uh, for oh, story, or is it ev- Everything's voiced. Oh, that's cool. That's awesome. That's awesome. Anything else, T-Bird? That's it. That's awesome. All right. Well, it's not very often that me and the missus actually play a game together. Uh, other than like, ouch, ouch, you're on my hair and just the tip. Uh, but every now and again, we'll play <laughs> an actual. <laughs> she was behind me when I said that. <laughs> every now and again, we'll play a game together. And it's a, always a memorable experience. So the wife and I played a game called Hidden Agenda together. Have any, have any of you ever played that? Yeah, actually, I yeah. think I played it at your That's house. Supermassive. Maybe. maybe. Didn't we play it with Hector? Um, uh, oh, maybe we did. Yeah, for like a PG spoiler. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what it was. I don't... We had to link up our phones and play it? Yeah. I remember playing it because you wanted uh, to show crazy. us. I and, forgot. Uh, I forgot we did that. Yeah, me, you, and Hector. Maybe somebody else, but I think it was just us three. Old DJ Hecticals. Yeah, so it's a super massive game. So the guys that made uh, Until Dawn, they've been making the uh, Man of Medan, uh, Little Hope, House of Ashes, the uh, Dark Pictures Anthology. I love these interactive games, these movie-like games. And I really like you know, when you're watching something with a really cool story, preferably horror-based. This one's not. Um, but like having the option to make a choice, it, and it's just guiding the narrative, guiding the story. I, I love the Telltale games. I love these Wales interactive games. I love this style. This is a very relaxing style. You know, we all work a very physical. I say we all, me, Zach, uh, T-Bird. We all work together. And we work very physical jobs. So there's days where you go home and it's like, I don't want to freaking move my body because, I, you know, it's been a rough one. Not to mention we work in the heat and it is excruciatingly hot right now. <laughs> like this, this year has been one of the hotter years in recent memory and one of the more humid years. And there's days where you go home and it's like, I don't want to do nothing. I don't want to move. I want to play games because this is a little bit of time I got, but I don't want to move. And so a game like this every now and again, it's just, it's perfect. And um, this was part of Sony's PlayLink initiative, you know, and they were all like, we're going to get into the mobile space and here's how we're going to do this. We're going to turn your phone into a controller. We're going to let you and a partner make decisions. And the game graphically was, was pretty great. Um, I think the, some of the facial capture was a little weird because the, they they used um, some pretty mainstream actors and actresses in the in the in the game. And at the time, actually, I was watching um, the CW series Arrow, and uh, what's her name? Kate Cassidy, I think is her name. Uh, the chick that played the uh, Black Canary. 
in Arrow. She was kind of like the main actress in this. And I was like, oh, dude, this is cool. And then the dude from iRobot, I think it was, or Mr. Robot. Yeah, it was Mr. Robot. He was in there. And it was, the, the game is interesting. It is a suspenseful, you know, mystery, uh, detective-esque uh, game. And you're trying to find um, this killer. And it's very uh, Heavy Rain inspired, in my opinion. And one of the, uh, Heavy Rain is one of my all-time favorite games. So there was some nice twists. There was some, you know, some really cool things kind of going on in it. But the coolest part was the fact that you could, while you're making decisions, if you're playing the game by yourself, you just make the decisions and the game kind of progresses on. But if you're playing in a group or with a party or with a partner, they have their phone, you have your phone, and you make decisions. And it, it almost has like a little card game, like a little mini game against each other. Um, and there's ways to kind of sabotage each other, like your character you're controlling has to run and or dodge or go through like a quick time event sequence and you can, you know, mess that up for them. Or you can, you know, like like I said, there's certain cards where you can play like a like a steal card and steal the decision and change the story and the narrative based on how you want it to go. It was very interesting. And it, it might have been a little too much for a game like this. You know, like, you know, it, at the time it was like, oh, this is pretty novel and cool. But in retrospect, it might have been a little too much, you know, kind of taking you out of the story to do these little things. Um, but it was good, man. It was, it was a game that I enjoyed. I played it with my wife. She enjoyed it. And it was one of those things where it took a person who's not a gamer, who will never be a gamer, and put them in a game. And we got to experience it together. And I thought that that was... It was, it, was a, it was a good experience, and I would uh, love more things like that. Um, and even some of these more, uh, like I was playing um, Nightbook, you know, at CJ's recommendation the other night, and that one in the menus. And I, I'm sure the Dark Pictures anthology games are doing this too. Um, but in the menus, you can actually slow down your decision making time to incorporate streams, and uh, you know, like so streamers can get their audiences to you know contribute and interact. And so there was a bit of a correlation there where it's like, oh, my wife and I played this game together and we would stop and make decisions together because we wanted to do the story together. And then we played the game again and, and kind of pity against each other and told the story a different way. And then now these narrative heavy experiences are kind of built with, you know, community and, and, and group involvement and, um, I don't know. I just CJ. What was your experience with uh, with Hidden Agenda? Was it a game that you actually played, and enjoyed, or did you just kind of burn through it for trophies? Yeah, no, I enjoyed it. It was one of um the the first PlayLink games as well. You could play mm-hmm. it on your phone, which was it's like a little novelty, but it was cool because it it showed like they could have gone down the the route that of the the dying FMV. That's sort of around the time where the FMV really started to come back again, and they they incorporated like like it's. How do I say this? Like it's many of the FMVs earlier, the old FMVs that you play on PC, they were very much one dimensional in that whatever you sort of chose, it would probably branch once and that's it. So you'd have this ending or this ending. There wasn't right. any variation. And they they sort of came about just as this new era of FMV. And we're seeing it now with Wales Interactive and there's a ton of them all the time and uh, of these new games where there are these sort of multiple endings and, and your choices, they do sort of matter. And you know, like you say, oh, like they don't with Telltale, but they, 
you can see at the end how many scenes there are. And a lot of these games now, and I think that one as well, they have like three to 400 different scenes. A lot of them can be very short, but it shows you how much variation there was. And I don't know if you got the platinum in that game, but it also, it has two modes, which was really cool as well. So a, a mode that's really focused on a party situation and then a mode that's more of a single player, the way you play it. Like the story is the same, but the way you sort of, you know, interact uh, with the game is different. Yeah. So it was very cool. Yeah. I don't have the platinum in that one yet. That was the one that my wife and I were going to do together to completion. Mm. Um, but uh, but I've played it both. I played it uh, yeah, with her. So I played it um, just her and I together making decisions together. Almost like a single player, you know, experience. And then we played against each other where, you know, she can make her decisions, I can make mine. We can kind of play the little wild cards against each other. And then it was, um, we played four players, me, my wife, uh, my brother, Gagum, and, um, and his wife. And we would all kind of pit against each other. And we had a blast doing that. So it's a, it's, it was a very interesting game and a very eh, gimmicky, I guess, way of doing things. But, like, there was potential there. If they could have, in my opinion, and who knows, maybe it wouldn't have worked. But I think there is a market out there where you can do party-style games with, with your phone, um, a la Jackbox kind of thing, you know. So yeah, this was cool. The other great thing I remember about that game was it's it's like the perfect troll game because the you have the ending I think most people would get and then depending on you know your quick time events and how successful you can get the real ending and it's a, uh-huh. it's quite different well it's you know it's more in depth and it's always fun playing those games and you hear people talk and you're like ah they only got the first ending or you know they 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 got the other ending and it's uh I think that's cool that yeah it's it always reminded me like a bit like a saw movie like you watch the movie and then you're like i wonder what was really going on i'll have to wait for the next movie to see yeah <laughs> if yeah. um uh, if you want another good party game i mean to interrupt but space team is a blast it's a phone hmm. game that you would have like everybody download so like you download it your wife would download it your brother your kids can play and you're on a spaceship that's like uh that's being destroyed and you're trying to save it so like each phone gets a command so it might be like pull the blatherfer or whatever it's called like they literally make up names for the stuff but you might not have the blatherfer you're only getting the instruction so you have to yell out the instruction and whoever has the, that has to do it so like you're yelling at each other to like to actually get all of the spaceship things to see how far you can get without destroying your ship. It's actually a lot of fun. That's interesting. Y- yeah, I think you would like it, especially with your kids. I think your kids would have a blast with it. So, um, for this for this month's uh, Patreon deep dive, my kids and I went through um, Nightbook. And I played through it the first time. Again, like I said, at CJ's recommendation, FMV game. Uh, very interesting. I mean, CJ, you had mentioned that you thought it was a COVID game because of the, how it's filmed, and I totally see that. And it was it was really good for it. I think uh, I think it was very novel for what they were doing, what they what they were able to accomplish. And I, I played through it the first time, and I was like, I enjoyed this, and it was like it was pretty good. I was like, man, I, I, my kids came up. I was playing through it a second time. I was like, well, I'm going for the platinum, and um. My kids came up and they're like, "What are you playing?" And I was like, "You know, this wasn't too bad." We'll, uh, we'll. I was like, "Why don't you sit down and we'll we'll play it together?" 
so we managed to go through all the other endings together. Um, you know, and we got the platinum, me, my oldest and my daughter. And, uh, it was, we, we just watched quiet place one and quiet place two and then <laughs> played night book. <laughs> and so even though night book wasn't that creepy, it was just kind of like the perfect storm. And uh, it was good, man. We had a really good time. There was a little bit, I mean, you know, obviously I got young kids, so there was like a couple of spots where there was a little bit of bad language. And there was one point where there's two different ways you can have a man slit his own throat. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it, it, I didn't think any of it was too grotesque to where they couldn't, you know, experience it or whatever. But it was funny just watching them react to the, uh, the supernatural stuff and watching how they reacted to the, to the dude slit his throat. It was, it was, it was crazy. It was cool. But, and I love those games are, are good for that. There's a party aspect to them that, that really works. And, uh, and, and it's cool sitting back and having to deliberate between three people. Like, okay, wh- what, what decision are we going to make right here? And like, how are we going to go forward? So, um, and then that's again, hidden agenda. I, and I guess maybe that's why I picked it just because I'm coming off of, of a similar experience. Uh, but I just, I really thoroughly enjoy those type of games. And then I went on a little, on a little bit of a buying spree and bought a bunch more. <laughs> oh, nice. Well, I hope you bought, because the best one that I've played, and I know I mentioned it a ton of times, is that uh, I saw Black Clouds, and I'm not yep. sure if it's appropriate for your children or not. You, I mean, you would know better than me, but the, there are the ending. It's much more intense than some of them with the it's person-on-person violence, I suppose. Towards gotcha. the end, um, but it's really great, and it's a little confusing, and sometimes the voice dubbing is a little out because it was was done in German. But it's yeah, it's a great FMV that one, and very very horror filled. So. I bought it, and I looked at the ESRB on it, and I was like, ah, that, that, this one's not for them. No, but I bought so I bought that one. I bought the wine. I bought really something else. There was one though that was like Japanese K-pop action, like. Does that like sound familiar to you? Is that what it's called? Or no, 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 no. It's not called that. But it was like um, it was FMV, very Japanese, like uh, action, a little bit of supernatural stuff. It was actually in the the sale from. La- I'm looking now. I, I, I was one of those games. I think I might have put it in my wish list. I don't even know how to check your wish list on PlayStation. <laughs> but oh, here we go. Wish list. Is it in English? Uh, it's called Death Come True. Oh yeah, that that that's really good. That is by the guy that made Danganronpa, um, which I know a few of us would be familiar with. Uh, the Japanese, well, VN slash adventure game, uh, deducing game. It's yeah, it is good. Uh, trophies are not so so good in that game, but the game itself is is what was really it good. Again? Death uh, it, Come True. Yeah, it launched on the Switch and PC like about a year earlier, and then out of nowhere it came to to PS4, which is great. It's uh, watch it's, that trailer, Kalai. It's wild. I'm like bringing it, it, it up on my uh, Steam account right now. Yeah, it's it's Japanese wild as well, which is like a lot of these games we talked about are, all, are like FMV are all English based or Western based, but that are that's yeah Japanese based, and it's just uh, it's fantastic. Yeah. Now you say that there is it, it has some K-pop in it. It, it just watch the trailer it, and it doesn't have k-pop in it but it was just like it's just it's weird it's just over the top and that it just that's what it reminded me of no because uh one of our good uh friends and patreon producer producers of the show is uh my girlfriend veronica who's a big k-pop fan 
Oh, okay. Shout out, Patreon producer. That's awesome. Yeah, this one was it just I, I, again. I was playing the store, and I saw this, and I, I was I was going through and buying all the FMV games that I saw, and I was like, oh, well, buying this one. <laughs> this one is wild. At least the trailer was wild. I don't know if the game itself is, but it's very wild. Yeah, <laughs> and it's sort of um. It may be okay for your kids, too, because it's sort of monster horror, although there's a bit of sexual overtones as well. Wonderful. Well, I'll definitely uh, – I've got it downloaded, so I'm checking it out for sure. i just waiting on a little bit of, a little bit of time. But, yeah, this is uh, – this stuff right here, man, I, <laughs> I was uh, – I don't know. I'm into this. This is – I think this stuff's cool. So, yeah, that's why I said Hidden Agenda, just kind of rounding back to that. Uh, it was one of the earlier ones um, of that nature coming off the heels of of until dawn and you know that's something else too to be said about supermassive is they've put out some pretty cool games pretty consecutively like you know they're doing an eight part series with the dark pictures anthology but they went they went until dawn um hidden agenda impatient and then man of Medan, um, little horror, oh, excuse me, uh, little hope, House of Ashes, and I'm sure I missed one in there. I might have done a second VR game, I just don't remember. Oh, yeah, Russia Blood. Mm. By the that's way, a, man, that's a lot of games. Go ahead. By the way, I was gonna say, can we just take a moment for the trolling I am currently doing on Joe? <laughs> on No Show Joe, yes, on No Show Joe, he posted our, um, our good friend, uh, Roberto posted say four things that a, a woman would want to hear. And of course he said, you're right. And I posted, you can podcast. And then he uh, actually said, well, that's only three words. So I separated pod and cast, make it four. And now he's saying, wait, I thought there was no show tonight. Well, he's now been branded. No show Joe. <laughs> but I thought you'd like, I was trolling him. There you go. Awesome. Well, um, Kali, T-Bird, Gronk, CJ, if you don't have anything else, I'm going to land this plane. I have like a little bit of a question. Sure. I don't think Zach actually talked about a game. Oh, no, I didn't. didn't Really? (laughs) Oh, wow. It's funny. (laughs) It's funny because he talks so much about Fallout. I forgot that was your game. Zach, <laughs> what was your game? <laughs> oh, it's, okay. Hang on, hang on. Before you say anything, I knew, I knew. So we, when I pitched this idea, I already kind of in my mind was like, okay, I'm trying to guess who's going to bring what. And I was like, well, CJ's going to bring something out of left field I've never heard of. I was like, T-Bird, I know the style of games T-Bird likes. I did not expect Destiny. So um, I figured he would go like a Dark Cloud or like a Kingdom Hearts or something older, you know, RPG-like. Uh, Kali, I didn't have any idea for you. I was just kind of guessing. I figured it would be a shooter, but I knew. I was like, oh, dude, Zach is going to talk about one of the Fallout games. <laughs> because when he said he put thousands of hours in those games, he's not kidding. Like, I would go to his house, and our family used to do stuff together every two weeks, roughly. We had uh, monthly birthdays and then wrestling pay-per-views. And if he wasn't playing a wrestling game, he was playing Fallout, you know, and then Halo. That would kind of be the three. And this is kind of pre, pre-Minecraft pre as well. 
So when you mentioned Fallout and then Zach starts talking about Fallout, I had already made my mind up that was his <laughs> game. I completely forgot that you didn't even pick. So Zach, so Zach <laughs> bring us home with your game. All right. I'm actually kind of stuck between two, like Kali was. So I'm going to give an honorable mention to Super Mario World. Okay. But I'm actually going to talk about a wrestling game. It's funny enough you say no, that. No, okay. <laughs> yes, question right. of the week winner. <laughs> so, picture this, you sons of b- 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 bitches. It's 2008, <laughs> and 10-year-old, I don't remember how old it was, but I'm just going to say 10, because uh, I'm too dumb to do math. And new wrestling game comes out, and the older ones, they're so hard to play now because of uh, Smackdown vs. Raw 2008, which is the game I'm talking about. The older games, you had to press a certain button. You had to press the Y button to run, but you could only run in one direction. You The moves are limited. It was more arcadey. This one comes out and you can free roam and the there's so many more button combinations to do different moves. And as a kid, this is one of the first wrestling games with Jeff Hardy in it again. And as a kid, Ooh, Jeff Hardy. That, he was one of my favorite wrestlers. So and I, I don't remember, Daryl. Do you remember if this was the first one with Road to WrestleMania? Uh, I don't remember. Actually, 2007 started that new era. And I think Road to WrestleMania was in there. But 2008 was when they had, I think it was... Uh, John Cena and The Undertaker on the cover? That was 2000... 2009 was uh, DX. Yeah, actually, yeah, I think you're right. I think it was John Cena and Undertaker. One of them was, I think 2010 was when it was uh, It was with the DX um, or something. It was ECW. No, ECW well, 2000... was uh, 2008. That was also a big part of it because it was finally featured okay, in ECW okay. after they acquired right. it. 2011 is John Cena with his arms in the air. That was one of my favorites. But yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I, it's been so long. I, I don't remember. But I loved that game so much. It was so fun. And the created, like the create a wrestler tool was actually good to use. Like it was so hard to make, even though as a kid, everything I created was shit. But, <laughs> you know, it was cool. It was still cool because you could, like, you could do a lot more. And this game like allowed you to go. I remember it was the first time in a long time that you could go in the crowd and beat the crap out of each other. Oh yes. I remember yeah. that. It had the, uh, that, that, um, rafter. Setup yeah. To where you throw them into, yeah. yeah, you could throw them into the crowd. You can make your way over to the rafter. And then it had like cool animation sequences built around yep. it. And you can knock them off that rafter. Yeah, and it was also one of the first games in a while to allow you to have backstage matches. If I remember correctly, oh, yeah. even though you couldn't go back there from the ring, you had to start there, which was kind of lame. But it was still cool to have. But I remember coming home from school eager to just turn on the Xbox and play that for hours. I'd ignore my homework. <laughs> like I did everything to to go and play wrestling, even though it, it didn't matter. Because as soon as my sister picked up the controller, because she she's a couple years older than me, she was 
really good at the games and not always <laughs> not always lose. But yeah, that that game was probably one of the first like 360 games I probably sunk a lot of time into other than Halo 3 at the time. Uh that's yeah. It was a good one, man. It was really good. I remember um 2008 it, it was funny cuz my wife and I we were we had we got married in 2007. And so we got married right in her last year of nursing school. <clears throat> and they tell you your last year, especially your last semester, you can't have a job because you have to do um, like 20 or 30 hours worth of coursework and then another 20 to 40 hours of uh, clinicals or whatever it ends up being, where they actually have to go work in a hospital setting, but they're doing it for credit, not for money. And so when they when they sit down and they give you a schedule, they're like, yeah, you can't work this semester, blah, blah, blah. And so my wife, being you know, the headstrong uh, woman that she is, she's like, yeah, you know, I'm going to – she kept a job. Uh, so – we were out grocery shopping one night and like, uh, you know, money was tight because she was only working one day every two weeks, um, waiting tables. And so we were, you know, living off of my salary, which was very low at the time. And, uh, <clears throat> it was, uh, $3 an hour instead of $4 an hour, like I make now. <laughs> and so, uh, <laughs> and so money was tight and the way I would budget and, in and, do video games i would only buy like ten dollar games if i if i had the extra money and at the time we were traveling real heavy with the band so like all of my excess money would go into supporting that because 2009 the economy hit real bad and we were like not making money at all on our shows um so that 2008 2009 time i was like $60 for a new wrestling game I want it, but blah, blah, blah. My wife picks up a double and makes enough money and tips to, you know, to put in what we had to have budget wise. And then she goes and she picks me up, uh, SmackDown versus Raw 2008. So it was really, that was a really cool thing. I was like, oh man, this is crazy. I mean, this, is, this is, so I played the crap out of that game. And while she, you know, on the day she's at school, she's like clinicals when she's working, if I wasn't playing music, I was playing. SmackDown versus Raw, doing the general manager mode and all that stuff. Yeah. Like that, dude. that junk was freaking crazy. That game was so I fun. I like, loved it. I'd just like to take a moment after that that beautiful story, just to just to for the listenership too, just just to realize just how far Daryl has come from the from the tough tough streets of you know America of the the average man to the other day you know or now being able to enjoy the country club in his own private golf (laughs) cart with his dog in the beautiful sun and this is a story of success it's a story you can have too and it's just uplifting to me you just got to give your life to Sony (laughs) that's right you pledge allegiance to Sony save so much money because you don't need to buy any of the games they're Garbage. <laughs> <laughs> Coming from the number two Sony gamer in Australia. That's right. So if anybody has the right to say it, you do, my friend. But yeah, in we, typical, we'll loot have bros. to organize a Loot Bros golf day at Daryl's Country Club one day <laughs> when this COVID business is over. It'll be awesome. Oh man, nah, dude. We got a, we're we're starting a gang actually. Oh. That time uh, they're called the the Hills Angels, 
you know, because in your golf cart, you kind of climb those hills on the golf courses and all that stuff. We got a couple of hills here in the neighborhood. <laughs> oh yeah. gosh. I haven't quite, I haven't quite got to work my way up into, um, there's like stages you have to go through and eventually you'll get a decal that has a golf cart turned, you know, to the side a little bit. And it's got, it says Hills Angels. I hadn't quite got, got my decal yet, but I'm working on it. You know, I'm, I'm putting in some miles and, um, you know, we're talking about riding to Publix in the uh, golf carts here soon. So <laughs> I heard that's, up, that's uplifting. What, what scared me? Like, that's what I thought you were upstanding and a success story. And then Kalai mentioned that he's probably just taking his dog for a piss at the top of the street. And I was like, oh, <laughs> wow, America. <laughs> no, we were feeding the ducks. Yeah, we're down at the uh, clubhouse feeding the ducks, you know. No, but no joke. My, my parents lived in a over 55 community in uh, Florida. and the place is so big you did actually have a golf cart to get around and i kid you not the 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 dog if it was too hot that dog would jump right into the golf cart take me to take me to the fire hydrant (laughs) well i mean you got i'm sure you guys saw the picture we had uh we had both of them with us Uh so we had uh, we took chase the golden and then uh it's funny because uh little milo he's our our shih tzu he can He's not, How he's not wealthy not, are you? You own a shih tzu. Oh my god! <laughs> it's going on there. What? It's this first world country of America. Oh, come on, <laughs> they have shih tzus. Yeah, we do. And he's a he's a mess too, man. And so, uh, <laughs> so I got in my golf cart and it's lifted. You know, it's got all the it's got the the got flares on the side. In the, got the nice tires. You know, rims to match my truck. And uh, I'm riding down the road with my golden retriever, my kids, and my Shih Tzu. <laughs> and I got him kind of <laughs> tucked up on, on my you arm. You got a handbag as well? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Basically. He's got a bougie bag. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I'm over here. What's funny is my, my wife's like, wow, from metal band to Shih Tzu on a golf cart, you have changed. <laughs> <laughs> that's right <laughs> it's hard around these parts man i'm telling you just do we just we're barely getting by over here just see all these geriatrics in florida with their walking machines and their canes and their walkers and golf carts <laughs> what, a, what a place to live one day hopefully <laughs> listeners if we're lucky and win the lotto we can retire there to this wonderful paradise that they they have yeah, in the one South. day man yeah it's hard, man. It's 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 hard. Somebody's got to do it, though. You know, like somebody has to ride the golf carts and have the shih tzus. Somebody's got to, and I will fall on that sword. I, I know we're way detracting. That is my dream. I know the South. You have these big balconies around your house. You go and play golf in the morning because it's too hot. You spend all afternoon drinking iced tea. Occasionally, shoot your gun in the air. Oh, it sounds magical. <laughs> it really is. I mean, it is. It is actually that good. <laughs> I just so. never imagined myself with a Shih Tzu, but look, I can do it. I can do it. <laughs> you know, man, I was a more of an English bulldog guy myself, but, you know. It's the sort of dog and... that doesn't question your performance, isn't it? When you look at a dog like that, you feel good about yourself. <laughs> yeah, he'll love me just the same. So, yeah, no judgment here. Yeah, it's no, no size comparisons there, Clive. There you go. So, all right. Now that everyone has gone... No one got forgotten. No man left behind. This has been the Loot Bros, the Super 
Loot Bros. That's right. Episode number two of the Patreon. Thank you so much, Patreon patrons, uh, for all of your support. Like I said, good first month. Going into the second month, we've got a bunch of extra content still planned. Lots of good stuff. Cool deep dives. And I think it's going to be, uh, I think this patron thing is going to be a good thing for us. And it's going to give us an outlet to do um, some pretty rad stuff. What about you guys? Money. Um, I just want to say to these sheets, these things on paper themselves. I just want to say after hearing this episode, which you should sue on it. You know what? I'm supposed to interrupt you for Jared, guys. Don't make me call the Jared. <laughs> hey, whoa, whoa! Does Jared have a sheet suit? No. So, what you going to interrupt with that? Did you see his comment that every time I get interrupted in trying to talk, I gotta, I gotta smack you guys down? <laughs> uh, no, I wanted to say that what I got out of this episode is, and you probably didn't even think about this, but as a golfer, don't forget to clean your balls. That's <laughs> true. That is true. Don't lose That's them either. Why you have a shih tzu? Eyes words. Don't lose them in the sand pit either. That's right. <laughs> Collies words of wisdom. <laughs> and if there's no grass on the field, don't play. Alright. We better get out of here before we end up on a list somewhere. <laughs> T-Bird, you got anything else? That's it. CJ. Sounds good. Alright. Gronk, Kali, CJ, T-Bird, thank you so much. This is the Super Loot Bros, and we are out of here. Whoa.